0: Hello, everybody. This is Transistor Radio, and I am your host, Dylan Patel, from Semi-Analysis. And with me, we have John from Asianometry and Doug from Fabricated Knowledge. Welcome to the air.
1: Hi, everyone. It's John from Asianometry. Uh, hey, this is Doug from Fabricated Knowledge. I definitely think if someone's the host of this, it's actually John, because John has resurrected transistor radio and is the guy who drives. So uh yeah, nice try, Dylan. Maybe next time you can I,
0: I just wanted to do the smooth radio operator thing, right? You know, the, the like smooth, sexy radio guy.
1: Yeah, you know that, like I remember when you said that it the um at the Ben Thompson interview they you they lowered your voice the editor made your voice much more masculine or something like that Wait, what? You said that like they they when we listened from the when we were listening to the um original and then when you listen to it later oh. um they were like, "Oh, you, you, they made your voice lower." I I think it's cuz he had a good mic for once. Really? That's what I think. I think that that's what oh, I think happened. Really? So you think my
0: voice is more high pitched because I had a shitty mic? Because I was just yes. using headphones.
1: Yes, I th- I th- I think it materially sounded better, and I think it's because of uh I think it's because of the mic. But um but that's that's an aside here. We're we're obviously not to talk talk here to talk about Ben Thompson's podcast, but rather the Transistor Radio podcast. Um I think today we actually don't have much topics. We could probably go through some news items. Um you want to talk about export stuff? I don't know. There's not much information to talk about. I think that we're, we're, we're there's that's save for the Jordan Schneider China talk crossover, oh. right? Because we don't have okay. Yeah, yeah, music. yeah. That's true. That's true. let right, we're, we're,
0: let's, uh, let's 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 set the pace, right? Like, because <laughs> you guys are like just waffling about, you know, what, what's actually going on here is we're talking about telecom and fiber, right? Fiber, good to eat. Otherwise, you know, it's gonna you're gonna have a hard time. So make sure you have a lot of fiber, folks.
1: So I think okay, so. I want some. I want to give some context too. Um, this is also partially because probably by the time this is up, I will have a post about the the telecom bubble, comparing it to AI. Um, mostly because uh, the telecom bubble is like the most expensive thing we've ever spent, kind of vibe. Uh, and it, in some ways, it definitely does match AI spending today. Um, and yeah, I guess I guess that's. I, I we even mentioned that on the Ben Thompson podcast. So I, I don't know where where do we even begin with. Uh, fiber overbuild and uh ai let's start i don't know but
0: but you know How- who invented the transistor you know invented unix you know invented c you know discovered cosmic microwave background radiation you know invented the laser
1: ATT and t
0: yes sir
1: yeah um actually that's a that's actually i'm sure well this is actually a pretty great sh- show for me and john because we both have like weird history uh, holes to go down. Um, but yeah, I, I think, yeah, once upon a time, Bell Labs ruled the world. Um, and fun fact, I was like, how did I actually tweeted this a few weeks ago? Like, how did the AT&T that had Bell Labs become essentially like finance's biggest whipping boy because it just pays dividends and really truly does stupid decisions with their capital? Um, and everyone corrected me on Twitter saying that actually, no, one of the baby Bells. It's, it's literally
0: but, the dog meme right it's like the muscular dog and now yeah. it's got its tail yep. between its legs yeah yeah
1: yeah like once upon a time 18t meant something in the night i think the 1960s or 50s was its relative market cap peak uh as ma bell but um you know bell labs was where all the monopoly money was being spent and uh they did a lot of crazy innovation there so obviously probably one of the like most um like glorified places of technolo- technological progress. But okay, so I want to talk about telecom today. I don't even know, should I just like ramble? Because I really have a lot of things to say. Just, just, just so, we'll, we'll, we'll guide you around and then let's just, just cook, maybe. Okay, okay. So it's time to start cooking. Um, so on the Ben Thompson, pon- Thompson podcast, I talked about how the telecom bubble was the best analogy to today. One of the reasons why is because there's this ginormous spend in front of, um, frankly, not much of a business model. And the numbers that we're talking about here are crazy. But this spending to lay all this fiber uh, pretty much did sow, uh, sow the seeds for what would eventually become all the future successful internet companies of the 2010s, right? In order for everyone to have extremely fast internet and therefore stream videos or on Instagram or you know have likes or constantly have things online, we needed all this internet overcapacity build in 2000. But in 2000, um, there really wasn't... No one had any idea how the business models would come. No one had any idea what the internet would look like. Everyone just mostly was like, huh, this internet thing is huge, and we should invest as much money as physically possible in order to make this make this happen. And um, that's kind of what we did. I really want to put some numbers out because I think that people will uh, really appreciate it if we put it in today's dollars. The absolute peak, I think, is about 140 billion, $120 billion in 1999. Was so spent- just
0: to derail you. Are you using yeah. TPI to inflate, or you using inflation? What
1: are you using PCI? Mean, I, I, <laughs> I Oh my God. No, I just use, I just use CPI. I just use CPI. Um, Jesus. Sorry. And to, and, and to be clear, like you know the, the numbers are pretty fudgy here. It's, it's really hard to have the hard number to know. but um, 120 billion dollars in 2,000 dollars were spent in 1999. Uh, in context, that's like 213 billion dollars uh, in today's dollars, right? That's a lot of money. Um, but the only comparable thing we have, and so that's, that's like, in my opinion, the best, um, base case to con- kind of compare AI spending versus, um, versus telecom spending. Because telecom spending obviously was this bubble, uh, the internet obviously ended up being this huge thing, but, um, a lot of spending happened before it, they actually managed to reap the reward of that. So, um, you know, people are talking, we're going to just use, uh, Dylan, do you agree? A hundred billion is like a, a nice, clean number for twenty twenty four. Is that the guesstimate?
0: Yeah, sure, sure. That's that's fine.
1: Yeah, just just yeah. I, that's that's my guesstimate, if I make sense. Um, and so even even you know the the ridiculous and everyone is like everyone is more than willing to be like, oh, obviously it's overbilled. There's no way twenty twenty five is up from twenty twenty four. Guys, in in nineteen ninety nine, or uh, they spent uh, two hundred uh, twice as much making fiber, and when they were doing that they were, um, per person, they're spending about $1,600 a person, um, uh, cumulatively, total, uh, over from, from like 1992 to, to 2000. Uh, I think the number that kind of floats around is like 470 to $500 billion, 280, 80, million, uh, eighty million Americans. If we were to inflate that to today's dollars and with today's population, we're talking about like $1.5 trillion on AI spending. Um, I think the, the magnitude of the number really just like just pops out and scares the shit out of me. Like people were, they were, they were spending $2,000 per person for um, internet. I think it was like $3,000 per home or something for Fiber. Um who, Imagine who if we were doing this? that today. Who were Okay, the so there's a lot of players and this is also part of the interesting part of it. Um, and, and maybe some differences from today versus then. Uh, in 1995, the internet, essentially uh, the NSFnet, which was the precursor to the internet was decommissioned. And what happened was, um, they're like, "Hey, private enterprise, you guys now uh, manage the internet." Um, and then the the, tele, the telecom deregulations Act in 1996 uh, essentially uh, aimed to promote competition, so almost anyone could join. And one of the key parts of this, and frankly, is one of the reasons why the internet bubble was so fucking crazy, was um, they essentially opened up the markets that anyone could enter if you if you you know operated a network. And then importantly, uh, the last mile you can essentially like buy and sell uh, your competitors uh, network in order to offer a better solution. So for example, let's say you were, um, let's say you're like, let's say you're, you're doing an ISP in, say Dallas, Texas, where I was born and raised. Um, you don't have to own all the network in Dallas, Texas. You can have some of it and then you can, you can buy, uh, and it was a price set by fair price. There's like a fair market price. You could buy your competitors network and essentially resell it to um Resell it to the customer, and so anyone could become an ISP. And so what happened was, we pretty much went from this like hyper-regulated monopoly of just uh, just the phone companies into anyone that was a cable company, telephone company, long distance phone company, um, people who just threw their hat in the ring could essentially become an uh, become an ISP. And so when that happened, tons and tons and tons of new companies uh, entered the ring.
0: Oh, dude! Anyone. I'm going to pause to talk about a story of like some way that people manipulated this to make money, right? And so, yeah. um, you know, the, there was, the, you know there there was this fair market pricing. Anyone can use anyone's network. Um, you could have, um, you know, y- you would negotiate with them on, you know, hey, like, hey, what would a, what would an incoming call cost? What would an outgoing call cost? So the bigger telecom companies would work would try and screw over the little telecom companies by saying, like, hey, like when we have an incoming call. You pay us this much, and when you have an incoming call, you pay you. We pay you this much. The problem being, um, you know, hey, well, like you know, the big networks are going to obviously have more incoming calls from the small networks, right? And you're going to have a lot more in network calls with the big networks. So the small networks get really screwed over if you're paying more for uh, outgoing calls to other companies' networks than you're getting on incoming. So then I I, uh, I know somebody, and he has a he, funnily enough, he has an AI hardware startup now. Uh, but he um he he he, he and, and, and someone else set up. The, one of the first ISPs, internet service providers, right? And you know they would they would take incoming calls for dial-up, but they would never issue outgoing calls. Um and so he completely screwed over a, a couple of ISPs until they just withheld paying him for a few for like six to nine months and then he went bankrupt. But it was a pretty legit business idea. and he eventually got his money in uh in in a court. but, you know, there was this whole like incoming, outcoming call, like nonsense that you could use. Yeah. There people is- didn't understand the internet.
1: Yeah, this was like before anyone had any idea what was going on. It was truly the Wild West, and they essentially created this giant deregulation so any company can make it. And then, um, yeah, there also became a whole business of wholesale resale. Then there also was like Enron entered the in- the rink, uh, which was, you know, one of the crazy parts of this, if it makes sense. Enron was like, uh, obviously doing a lot of fraud. But along the way, they were buying and reselling and they're like, oh, look at all the money we're making. Um, most of that was fraudulent. But like, there was just so much random shit going on in terms of how many new entrants were, were happening. And so in a, the, the frenzy of entrance, I think is really important here because like if we compare this to today, um, how many new entrants are there in the AI training market? And who are the players? It's like five players, right? Five extremely ultra large established players. Um, and then there's like really only one AI hardware company and one service provider that is partnered with one of the large companies. It is just uh, not exactly as wild westy as the telecom bubble was, and that's what I think is like one of the huge differences. And while like, hey, maybe it's getting a little hot. If we're talking about like the const- like just the ability of it to just go stupid wild is like so much more dampened because the, s- the number of startups is so much lower. And frankly, I mean, and like probably the AI software layer startup number is very high, but like the actual number of real players offering real services is just so much lower than it was in let's say 2000. So yeah, there's a lot of companies. And what was also really interesting is anyone can start like a local network, buy shit from the long distance, uh, phone, phone call companies or cable companies. And then, um, everyone kind of realized, Hey, uh, your small network is essentially worthless. Uh, a bigger network is almost always worth worth more. There's power laws. And so, um, In 1996, I think essentially uh, some of the smaller companies kind of realized, you just, you just acquire companies. Let's just acquire as many companies as we we can. And WorldCom is the company that really, um, really is like the poster child for this. They essentially went on to like acquire like 15 to 20 companies in like five years. And they accompanied, they acquired a company four times their size MCI, which was like the number two compared to Sprint. Um, And so like, the telecom bubble not only had a million entrants; it was like extremely debt fueled in a way that we don't see in public markets today. Every large cap tech company is cash, like has cash on the balance sheet. They're not; they don't they don't have like a hundred, or not even a hundred. It'd be like a trillion dollars of debt just buying more AI hardware. Like it's just a totally different world than it was back then. Um, so, yeah, that's. What, uh, maybe had a
0: Question right. for you, Doug: Does that mean that we can go way further, yes. or do you, does yes. that mean okay? So, you think? because well like there's two ways to look at it right is like there's a rational actor and therefore because they're rational actors they won't go irrationally spend absurd amounts of money and every all the spending we see now is just rational uh, or there's yeah. like well like they just have so much gunpowder
1: um yeah i i just think that like it we have like is amy
0: hood going to spend is she going to take on debt or go above you know st- you know the the cash flow of Microsoft on AI hardware.
1: Uh, so to be clear, I mean I don't know what the cash flow of operations for yeah, for know. Microsoft is right now, but it's like they're they're going to try to spend fifty billion dollars, a lot of money. But like, if we were to put this in telecom bubble times, okay, um, they would bought they would borrow like a hundred billion dollars and then spend all that on capex as well, and then they would also be using and then like okay, also part of this too was uh, your your share prices where everyone was so elevated your company's hundred times earnings and your competitor is 70 times earnings. You just buy them. One plus one equals like whatever, 2.25. Like there is synergy. So everyone just was buying everyone. There's debt everywhere. uh, Also part of the crazy part about this is like the inter company financing thing. And that's why I think so many people are obsessed with the core weave thing. Um, So for context, Cisco was lending to networks like, Hey, you, you're a startup network. And everyone's like, yeah, I'm a startup network. I want to buy some telecom equipment. There's like, there isn't just one company. There's actually Cisco, Sienna, Lucent, Nortel, um, uh, like all these companies. And in order for them to win market share, they're like, well, we'll front you $100 million. And they're like, great. So so not only were the companies getting financing from capital markets, they're getting financing from their suppliers. Uh, and then also they were doing like inter, you know, because of the intercompany buying and selling, everyone could essentially resell everyone else's uh, capacity and every, like you could essentially... Book it as revenue three ways. Like that was one of the worst, uh, worst ways to juice revenue. Is you just essentially buy? Uh, you could just buy revenue by uh, doing pass through revenue using the the buying and selling aspect of this of this like deregulation. And so like, just imagine if every single step of the way was turned to eleven. Like that's that's what the telecom bubble was, and it really, I guess it's just really frightening. Um, and and yeah, today's actors. I to be clear, I think. I think Google and Microsoft and OpenAI are, are probably working with some funny math numbers assumptions, right? Like they probably like OpenAI probably is like, you know, one day we'll make. And, and honestly, you talk to some of the OpenAI people, they're like in it for AGI or something. Like everyone is like, dude, one day we'll make a billion. Not dollars. just
0: some dude. They you literally can't yeah, work there unless you truly believe yeah,
1: in I it. Believe in AGI. I, I know. I know. I, I just said some, you know, a little qualification here, but I, I just think that Amy Hood is looking at Microsoft saying, you know. attach rate on on Office 365 at at 30 bucks a month is a lot of money. And yeah, it might not be the best capital that we could spend, but it's like, could we get a 20, 20, 30% return on capital? Yeah, 100% on $50 million, right? Like, that's, there's, you know, let's say there's there's what, 300 million users of Office, right? 30% attach rate. That's uh, 90 million users spending, uh, let's say, 20 bucks a month, 12 months. That's $21 billion a year. You know, if you're looking for a 20 percent, if you're looking for a 20 percent return on CapEx, that's one hundred billion dollars. So you can justify one hundred billion dollars of spending if you think you can make 20 billion dollars. Right. That's these numbers are like kind of within reality. Imagine imagine if Amy Amy Hood was like, no, 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 no. We're going to we're going to sell a billion seats of like like that's the kind of math that was going on back then. I just think that, that kind of that like kind of like insane irrational exuberance that is happening not just by like big ass players but by everyone trying to outdo each other as little players is just not present in today's market. Um and I think also part of this, which I didn't realize uh, as well, is the Fed had a huge part to play in this whole narrative. Um yeah, I think that there was a lot of damage caused in 1998. It sounds really god, I sound so like it sounds so boomer when. It's like I don't know. It's like the, the Fed in nineteen ninety eight uh, really screwed it all up. It, that's that's where it comes to. But like,
0: yeah, the, um, the Fed cut rates and and they're causing runaway inflation. Well, I am Peter okay, so, Schiff.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's that's how I feel. I feel like kind of a kook, but I do think it's real. So what happened was in so nineteen ninety six, nineteen ninety seven, shit's pretty crazy. Like nineteen ninety six is. Uh, Yahoo, 1995 is Netscape. They're doing these IPOs. The stock's going up like 100% in one day. People are like, holy shit, this internet thing is crazy. Um, But like the stocks traded like crazy. Like they just traded like mad, um, if it makes sense. Like they're super volatile. And what happens is in 1998, um, LTCM, long-term capital management, this like hedge fund that managed like $100 billion in Notional, essentially completely blew up. They like completely blew up and they owned like bonds and, and derivatives, they had like a hundred billion dollars in notional derivative. No one had any idea what the fuck was going on inside of that thing, and um, and there was a big concern. Uh, and and also, they blew up because Russia blew up. There's an Asian currency crisis there. I'm not going to go into that. And so, like Alan Greenspan is sitting there, he's like, "Dude, financial system is going to blow up on LTCM." Um, also, if I if I uh, if I raise rates, uh, I will screw the rest of the world. Every other like the Asian currency crisis is going to become worse. And so, what he did is he he lowered rates. Right as like, like during the bubble uh, or during issues things, he lowers rates. And that like kind of truly just like takes the, the pedal to the metal. In 1998, things are not like crazy speculative. 1999, they're fucking insane. And and I think that part of the reason for that is that Alan Greenspan did one of the original market puts, if that makes sense. Like he was like, hey, um, no, this internet bubble, not that bad of a thing. And, and also there was like a lot of, uh, there was like a... There's like the the rationale there was a little different, and I think very interesting. Uh, productivity growth in the late 1990s was also super duper duper high. Um, the average of productivity growth since uh, since like World War II has been like four percent. Productivity growth in 1995 to 1999 was like nine percent, ten percent a year. That's just like crazy. And and so is, we were is seeing that based
0: off of like like removal of NAFTA or is that because of the internet or what what was the I... reason for that.
1: I, so, so okay, I don't know, but the guess, everyone thinks it's because of the internet, right? Like, you know, in a, so so for context... was
0: it really that big of a deal from 95 to
1: 99? You know, well, it, okay, also, that, like, things... Are, it wasn't that, like, well, people believed that the internet would just keep growing? Yeah, so, like, to be clear, it was, it was a big deal. Like, dude, okay, so you are running a spreadsheet. You're literally doing an Excel model, but on graph paper, dude. Like, you fuck it up, you have to be like, damn... Start like throw away the graph paper, okay? There's like people running around, uh, sending each other mail. Like everyone's like, "Oh man, this guy's got to be served." You're like, "Damn, dude, this guy's out of the au-. like." The internet is a big freaking deal. I do think AI is a big freaking deal. I think it is um probably not going to be as big as a deal as the internet. Uh, maybe 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 I'll eat those words, but I do think the internet was a huge deal. The problem is, it was a huge deal. And it was showing up in the numbers in a way that was like very positive, and you could kind of see the the like the bubble math, the new economy math was um, the internet is increasing productivity in a way we've never seen before. Um, we can just keep spending on this, and we'll just keep getting productivity growth, and it'll just it'll just happen forever. What if we just grow productivity growth ten percent a year every single year, and hours work goes up like it's flat, productivity growth is like you know nine percent. Uh, you know, we'll do it in nominal terms. It's like, like literally the the economy is running at five, 6% GDP growth. And like almost 1% of that was completely based on IT spending. And so there's like this circular math of like spending on IT was good for GDP. Also that spending on IT was like good for productivity. So like, it was a really virtuous cycle, but it just like ran really hot toward the end. Like it was a good thing that got great. And then it went great to just like absolutely Looney Tune town. And uh, that's how you have a, a massive bubble. Like, bubbles are um, good things projected into infinity. Uh, so I'm sure in 1985, you're starting to use the internet. You're like, this is sick, right? Like, this is really helping my life. And everyone would probably agree to a certain extent. But in 1999, they're like, dude, and like, you should maybe read this book. It's called Telecosm. It's uh, it's It's written by like one of the pumpers of the day. It's like really rare to have like the pumper book, but he's like, unlimited bandwidth is going to change the fabric of reality like that's that's the thesis of the book like
0: wait we this, don't is, underst- oh, so this isn't like a like a history book this is like some guy in 1998 pumping the fuck out of what he yes
1: Young. yes he's he's yes he has a whole investment section it's pretty crazy dude um and I'm, I'm guessing if you go to the investment section
0: it's like nine out of ten of those are fucking zeros now
1: um probably not zeros right like a lot of the companies didn't go to zero but like yeah I'm sure he was like, "Yes, you should definitely invest." Unlimited in bandwidth. This is why Amazon yeah.
0: will be the greatest distributor of books ever. And to yeah. be clear,
1: that that worked out like Amazon. You know, the, the but the, not like, for that reason. <laughs> yes, yeah, but not yeah, not for that reason. Like it, 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 it's it's pretty it's pretty wonky. Reading the book is pretty insane. Um, I really recommend it. Um, I'm not. I I'm like like to be clear. I'll probably finish writing it before I finish. I didn't. I haven't gotten to the investment section. I'm just finished the science section, and the science section is like. You don't get it, dude. Infinite bandwidth is going to literally infinitely change your lives. You can't comprehend what this means. We're going to have everything is going to be everywhere all the time, and most of the predictions in the book are true. It's like we can we can infinitely stream video all the time, whatever. It's going to change the fabric of reality. Yeah, that's kind of true, but like just the like um just like the pumper almost religious level of like belief in this was just like insane. It is, um, it's a great read in a different type of way. It's like a hate read. um, But there was a belief that like, like, like a singularity was approaching because it, we had infinite bandwidth, if that makes sense. Like, that's kind of the, that's kind of like the analogy. And frankly, that's like, probably a little scary in terms of the AI stuff where it's like, oh, yeah, we believe in AI singularity is coming too. same energy. um, You know, you have to believe in in AGI or not if that makes sense and and we'll see what, when we get there but there was this belief that with enough bandwidth uh everything would become unlimited if that makes I'm sense. going through some uh, of the old documents from uh the my fiber glut days and there's a there's a myth that kept people kept repeating in 1999 that the internet traffic doubles every 100 days um yeah and that seemed to back in 1998 and 1999 really drove this sort of obsession to keep building up the fiber and keep yep. building up more, be yep. spending this bill. So, like, um, yeah. One... So, so,
0: this is my favorite thing that uh, Craig Moffat like said. Um, shouts out to that guy; he's a fucking beast. Uh, but, but you know, he was, he was like, he's like, he was like doing the math, and he's like, yo, so like, okay, we have nine people laying down long distance networks uh, to the market. Okay, and they're also putting more strands per 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 fiber that they're laying down. Um, so, and then, Hey, they're also, we're also increasing the, uh, the encoding, right? Like we're going from, you know, the data rates that are being encoded, right? Uh, we're going, we're going, there's a there's two orders of magnitude growth in the, all the standards that grew in the data rates. And then you have like dense wave division multiplexing and like all these sorts of things. And you, you do the math and it's like, Oh, holy shit. There's 200,000 times as much data coming onto the market in like four years. Like yeah. capacity.
1: Yep. That's. Uh, so, so I wanna. I actually I have like a two pronged uh, response to this because this is a really good one. Um, so the doubling every there's so the doubling every uh, hundred days uh, that that meme essentially started by uh, the WorldCom CEO. Um, but my favorite part about that is the WorldCom CEO said it in 1997, and the government repeated it back to everyone in 1990 in uh, in 1998. So imagine okay. the U.S. government being like, yeah. Internet's doubling every hundred days, like, and pretty much like uh, my understanding is the internet was doubling every hundred days in like nineteen ninety three or nineteen ninety four. If that makes sense, um, just a whole different level of of adoption. Um, and the best part about that analogy is uh, OpenAI in twenty eighteen, and I have I have said this meme like a million times. Um, they put out this paper that the demand for AI training is doubling every three to four months, um, or three and a half months. <laughs> Guys, three and a half months is like one hundred and five days. So you're like, wait, wait, wait. Are you are you sure? Are you positive? Are you fucking sure about that number? <laughs> and my favorite little... part
0: is every presentation from every company ever has that fucking chart. Exactly. Even, though like, even though like and then they put like GPT four at like a hundred trillion parameters just to keep the like chart true. But it's like that's not true, buddy.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, so I think so, so 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 to be clear i have been guilty of of the meme the meme has been long alive in my head until recently um it, it clearly can't double every hundred days right if we're doing the math on, on on nvidia's gpu whatever even if you know if 4x is or something that means like nvidia is going to sell 400 billion like three 400 billion dollars of revenue next year probably not going to happen maybe in the in the funkiest craziest bubble timeline but um, so yeah, there that was that was a WorldCom CEO thing, and uh, whenever things got bad, essentially he just repeated, he's like, "Well, it doesn't matter, guys. Just keep building. Like, just just keep building. They will come, no matter what." And that was like definitely one of the memes. Um, so yeah, that the 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 Craig the the Moffat Nathanson or Craig Moffett, the doing the math of how much supply was coming on, I think that's also one of the most interesting aspects of uh, the telecom bubble is that people act like supply isn't as reactive to demand as uh, people, as like, you know, it's like, well, we can never, we can never ever possibly come up with this demand. Um, and actually that's wrong. Like like technology is pretty good and people figure it out. I think the, the one way that I understand it, I don't understand like, you know, how many people were laying fiber. I do understand DWDM, but um, the ethernet speeds, and, I'll, and I don't understand the IP layer stuff, but ethernet speeds in like 1990, or 1980, uh, 1985 was like ten megabits per second on Ethernet. It goes to a hundred megabit bits in like nineteen eighty five, and it goes from a hundred megabits per second on the Ethernet uh, thing to uh, ten gigabits by two thousand by two thousand and like two. So like that right there is like a hundred. Or no, no no, I I don't even think that's a hundred. I think that might be uh what ten thousand. No, a thousand times more. Right ten. No no no, it's a 100 hundred times to ten a, gigabit. Yeah. That's, that's, yeah 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 that's sorry, yeah sorry. Sorry, sorry, sorry. So it's a 100 times increase in in, in like, five, what, seven years, right? Like that supply can react to demand really quickly. And then what's really interesting is um, Ethernet sta- standards go from 10 gigabits to 100 gigabits, and it takes them like till 2010. So like 2000. So 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 what's really interesting is like, hey, all of a sudden, this bubble de- demand, okay, we can 100x our capacity. And then it's like, no more bubble demand? Okay, we're going to 10x our capacity over another eight years. So it's, like, really interesting to watch, a, a, a like, we'll say a relatively mature market flip the switch and somehow pull another 10x of capacity, like, a 10x of technology improvement. And then when demand isn't there, they're like, nah, never mind. We're not going to do that anymore. And then, you know, it's 100 gigabit. And now we're talking about, like, 1.6 ter- uh, terabit, right? But, like, this is something you're you and I are super familiar with, like, the, the networking speeds have only kind of starting to speed up in the last, let's say, six years, right? Like, you know, 100 gigabit was supposed to be, like, the forever node, and it just, like, Ethernet was not going very fast. And then we split into more channels, the lanes got faster, and then all of a sudden we're talking about 1.6T and maybe even 3.2T. And so, like, it's really interesting to watch that whenever demand is there, supply will react a lot quicker than people appreciate. And I think that that's something like, Your that I think is really
0: is the mother of all in- innovation, right? Is, is yeah. hundred percent.
1: Yeah. And, and like, I think that that's like, that's like, okay, if we're going to take that to today, um, I don't know what the B100 numbers are going to look like, but those X100 numbers, right? Like, yes, AI demand might be going freaking through the roof, but like, so is NVIDIA's engineered solution, right? Like there is a deflator and like, yeah.
0: My my favorite you know I mean? part about this, like, whole thing is that, like, when people talk about, oh, there's, you know, it's such a bubble, like, what could you, you know, you do the math on it, right? It's like, well, how many, you know, with the number of GPUs uh, that are being installed in TPUs, you can get to, like, oh, yeah, Llama 70 billion. Yeah, we could inference, like, that at, like, human reading speed for, like, half of the population of a of the world right by the end of 24 but it's like well we're not gonna use llama 70b then right we're gonna use something way fucking bigger right uh and yeah, not, not like but, at a continuous rate but you know yeah
1: yeah but like okay so let's say half okay probably won't be half of the world right no
0: half, it's not half, half the world basically. i just made that up i, I was trying to, yeah yeah, yeah I, I, know. I know for, but, I, I know i know but like day. wait
1: let's just say let's just say like 10 percent of the world is doing human reading speed it's not 70b right but let's say it's like i don't know a trillion or something but like but at that point in time Presumably we're inferencing on like the X one hundred, and like there has been maybe an order of magnitude improvement there too. So like supply does react to the demand, I think, in a way that I think um humans maybe like, you know, like just think of like the have you like the, the like caveman pointing meme? He's like, Oh, oh, look at this, right? They're like pointing at the demand slide, right? But then no one is ever pointing at the supply side where the supply side is like, Hey, the supply side is also getting ten times better over like you five year or five So wait, years. isn't this like, yeah.
0: isn't this just like a uh, a conviction to like hey, if we want AI to be persuasive, we need to have the fed cut rates to zero, drive <laughs> drive an AI demand bubble to, you know, hundreds of billions of dollars of capex and then let the economy crash so we have so much excess capacity that we can finally have sustainable growth a decade later.
1: Yes, that that would be <laughs> the that would be Dylan, that is the, the absolute joker version of the outcome here. But that would be the telecom uh, equivalent, if that makes sense. And, like, so to be clear, um, I think that, like, one of the great part, of, part parts about the internet bubble is, like, half of the things on the internet bubble, like, totally came true. Blockbuster was supposed to do a streaming video service that they yanked in 2001. Uh, pets.com is essentially Chewy.com today. You know, like, there's all these internet bubble things that came to, like, oh, this how could they ever justify this business model They couldn't when um, internet was not as mature. But like, lo and behold, ten years later, uh, you know, a decade of overinvestment in fiber, cheap internet access to everywhere. All of a sudden, hey, some of these business models actually work. So, I, I I think that that's probably the best analogy. I frankly don't want it to be quite as overbuilt. Like when you go one way or the other, it's really sad and jerks the economy in ways that like really screws with people's lives. But like. The, if if the best outca- outcome in order for everyone to get a ton of AI everywhere um, is probably something like an overbuild, and that is wait, wait, probably wait,
0: wait. Now, so, so. Hold on, when you when you say that, like, like you know, I, you know, I, I know a lot of the fiber that like kind of like got overbuilt, like. Google just bought a shitload of it for their own uses, but is that is that why Virginia is like fucking insane? Is because the government is like, hey, yeah, every three months the internet is doubling, and so everyone in Virginia is like, fuck yeah, we're putting a lot more fiber in Virginia, and then now all of a sudden, you know, if you fast forward today, today Virginia has more data centers and and compute in the world than you know than any okay. part of the world.
1: I I actually know a little bit about this. Um, don't kill me on all the public. The public people are going to kill like some of the public market investors are going to freaking kill me about like being technically wrong i think that that's where um so the reason why uh this is like an equinix origin story i think that's where one of the big um over uh transatlantic fiber cables went and then yes i i don't think it was like quote unquote the government the government did um spit that meme back to everyone but for for i i think for some reason for some crazy reason one of the big overbuilds happened to be that area and then that area ended up being like inadvertently a power node of connection and so the interconnect value became super valuable more than anything else right because it's like hey there's networks everywhere but you know what's really important is where all the networks meet um right and so where all the networks met happened to be um is it is it okay where is it north virginia aws like where's the yeah, North Virginia reason, and so like where where all the where all the networks happened to meet was there. I'm sure like some. I thought it was crazy... just
0: like a CIA conspiracy, man. What the fuck?
1: No, 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 no. Uh, actually,
0: this is I'm, way I'm more Googling. lame, dude. I, I I like to pretend that the NSA is all seeing and is protecting me.
1: I want to actually. I think it's I think it's mostly about undersea cables meeting meeting the East Coast. That makes sense. That's where they landed, and so because of that, that is where uh, that's like. And then I'm sure, I'm sure, like some some person, just like some company, was like, "Oh, we're going to build the most fiber," and they built like for whatever reason the most fiber there. Um, yeah, it is a little bit. Uh, it is a. Little, it's pretty close to Washington D.C. I don't think it is specifically Washington D.C. Um, yeah, I think it's uh, the AOL's on ramp was there. That's it. That's what it looks like. Like to be is a wells on ramp was there. Anyways, I don't know. So, so much lamber than you expected, right? But like for context, how much fiber we're talking about here? Some of the like the, this concept of dark fiber, meaning a fiber laid in the ground that wasn't lit up. There was like, like I want to say as late as like the 2010s, There was like you know, double digits. You know, t like twenty percent of all fiber was all was dark, just like sitting in the ground waiting to be used. Yeah. So like. It says, that, it says that in 2002, only 2.7% 2. of the installed fiber was actually being used. Holy so. shit. Are you kidding me? Yeah. 2. Point... Yeah, yes, I pulled this off of a Wall Street Journal article in 2002. It's crazy. Dude,
0: what? I mean, yeah. I, I know the data rates have exploded two per fiber too, right? So that's... Yes. That's but, insane. But, two...
1: So that would be like... I mean, and so that's like you know that's like the 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 absolute bear case of NVIDIA. If that makes sense. But the the other problem with this here is that like NVIDIA makes a better product every now. It used to be every two years, every year now, right? And so like there's this like weird problem here that the like the longevity of fiber is still pretty high. Like fiber is fiber. You can put a lot of light through it and a lot of data. But like a five year old computer. Sucks compared to a modern computer, right? Like, and, and maybe it's going to be one of these things where whenever demand, uh like, tapers down, supply increases will slow down, and it's going to end up being, like, you know, Intel's, you know, Intel, like, the average CPU still being, like, an Intel, like, 11th generation core or something like that, where it's, like, becomes this ginormous installed and base where H, H100 is, like, the core peak of it. But I just can't imagine that if the demand isn't there, this doesn't end horribly because, Let's say the X100 comes on, it's 10 times better than the H100, right? Or maybe even more. Maybe like, I don't know. Dylan, do you have any, give do you, do you any, give any guesstimates? I, I, I was going to guess the B100 is like, what, four times better than the H100?
0: Yeah, I was, I was expecting like 4X for, for B100 with a 2X in price, but that's just like wild guess. Uh, maybe yeah. a 3X and a 50% increase in price. And then, you know, X100, probably, you know, similar 3X.
1: 3X yeah, is what so,
0: NVIDIA typically improves performance, right? That's what yeah. A100 got you. That's what H100 got you. So I don't see why 3X is not, you know... And then, you know, some price increase, of course.
1: So, yeah, some price increase against that, but, like, the deflator there is still, like, what? That halves your flops or something like that? Like, your flops equivalent? I, I don't know. I can't do the math like that in my head. But,
0: yeah, like, yeah, yeah. 50% increase in price with 3X performance is a 2X in TCO, basically. Yeah, Or, or yeah, price two... performance, basically.
1: Yeah, so it's like, okay, so, like you know, unlike the fiber of the past where it's like, okay, well, you know, maybe the the CPU that we connect to this fiber sucks, but you know, fiber is fiber, just making the long spool is going to work out. It's like, nah, dude, H100s in 2030 are probably useless, right? Like that's, that's where this like ends more catastrophically is that there isn't, there just isn't much value in the installed base. And maybe that's the benefit of NVIDIA. They can sell the newest generation, but like they better be selling new generations. Otherwise, like if they ever get caught with this like giant wave, they're just going to like, and, and they continue to improve supply and demand is like, you know, if they improve supply faster than demand, they're screwed. Um, so, I, and frankly, we're not even close to that. problem. thing that I was thinking that's- about that's kind of like a difference between the fiber buildup and the AI is that when you're building out the fiber network, right? The second part of that word, it's more important, it's the network part. So people will have the, feeling or the, the, the understanding that they had to build to reach all these people, right? The, I mean, physically laying stuff into the ground, digging holes and trenches and all that. But the idea was that you had to connect all the people, the network. What is AI, the, when the AI bubble, the AI bubble doesn't really have that network thing, right? Like you're not building stuff to houses. You're just filling data centers. It's like, yeah. In it's the sense that, a, well, the you're, network, yeah, yeah. Well, you're building more connection. The network is, uh, you know, parameters to another piece of data living inside mm. of the data center, right? Yeah. That's a, like That's, in this case, that's a... Yeah. But if you're yeah. building more bandwidth to the house and you don't feel like you've completed it, then you have... You're incentivized to keep spending into it because you're not complete. Yeah. Um... Yeah, it, it is It is different. Like, like, there is way more surface area versus, like, you know, if we had, like, an imaginary map of... Uh, map of where the compute is for the AI versus, let's say, the telecom uh, network. The network in the telecom space is actually very distributed. Uh, I would guess in the AI space, it would be like, you know, there's like, you know, 15 data centers in the world or something that are like, you know, as tall as Everest and everywhere else is like flat zero, right? Like there's just these huge power clusters that that go into these uh, AI supercomputers. That just like, it's a different a different like topography of um compute build up is that fair hmm.
0: so so wait so if if let's let's say let's let's like like let's imagine like the build up is in, in the bubble is a different way right so like let's say you know this gen- next generation will be 250 watt uh 250 megawatt supercomputer and then the generation after that it's a fucking gigawatt supercomputer right um but then After call it say seven, eight, nine years, because semiconductors are fucking awesome, you know, the the computer is worthless, but we don't have that capacity because sort of the compute has gotten so much more efficient, right? So now do we have like an overbuild of like data center real estate? Oh, um, and power
1: there? Yeah. Yeah. We're just a gigawatt. It's like, look, dude, what are we like? What are these like racks even to, if that makes sense? Like, right? We what there's so much space or whatever compute equivalent silicon area that gets solved is that like yeah i, I kind of see what you're saying where there's just- yeah
0: like it's it just like the compute is so much more efficient but we overbuilt on the the capacity of the data center
1: the actual you know, shell. or
0: or you know if, if we don't achieve agi because otherwise if we achieve agi we are getting a Matryoshka brain
1: <laughs> all right i think we are we've 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 squeezed this <laughs> we've, limit a lot we we have we have we have popped the bubble of of all of our ideas. Yeah, and we are yeah. just one step away from AI girlfriend again. Um, can we? Yeah. What thoughts? is wrong with AI yeah,
0: girlfriend, man? Come on.
1: <laughs> Any closing thoughts,
0: guys?
1: Um, I just uh, I, I I just guess I want to you know since I'm doing like history lesson, you should you should read my post. That's that's my my first closing thought. My second closing thought is uh, there's one big freaking difference between then and now, and it's leverage, baby. Like. These telecom companies, like we're talking like a trillion dollars in, in mergers and acquisitions happened in 1999. We're talking like $500 billion of of Cap- CapEx was spent on telecom. And then also that's just telecom. There's probably another 500 billion that was spent in, in computers. Also like Y2K is a weird like little cherry on top on this. Like I think Y2K was estimated to have like another $100 billion of compute over five years. Compute bought or like whatever spent for, to fix this bug. There's just like... The telecom bubble is like really special. Like it really was like every every fucking aspect of it was Wait, did, did uh, the telecom Zander bubble 11.
0: happen outside of the US too?
1: Uh no, not nowhere near. Nowhere near. So like uh other companies were trying to buy into the US. Like the telecom bubble was like this beautiful shining bright moment that happened specifically in the US. I think other places were trying to do it, but the United States, like Like, to be clear, other places, like, for example, Korea has amazing, like, internet. Like, they they, they built a lot of fiber, not just in the U.S. But I think that, like, in 1997... uh, Well, that's,
0: like, the Asian financial crisis, right? So that's why I was wondering,
1: like... Yeah, well, yeah, the the Asian financial... So so in 1997, Asian financial crisis is happening. The Russian ruble has been destabilized. The entire world is, like, essentially in a recession. and, And the United States economy is growing, like, 5%. Like, like it is just like, like it is just going supernova and the entire world. Is oh, like that's
0: shit. so fucking base, dude. Oh my yeah. God. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so
1: like late nineties, man, late nineties, like, like it really was just a based ass time to be an American, if that makes sense. And like the, the also like the sad part about this is like, you can kind of see where the bull spirit ends. Um, right. Like, okay. 2000, they start to do rate hikes uh, by the end of the year, like pets.com and like really shitty little companies are bankrupt and closed down. Two thousand and one, they keep doing stuff. Um, uh, Enron is an an accounting fraud, Uh, and then like um, Enron has already like Enron's screwed up. WorldCom's already in in the shitter, and then like uh, uh, September eleventh happened, which is like just horrible vibes. Right? We we go from like nineteen ninety seven, nineteen ninety eight, like the U.S. is an unstoppable juggernaut of of uh, technology and the future to like this like sobering moment. Fraud, bankruptcies. What the hell were we thinking? And like, just like that, like that, like that curve from uh, there. There is no wrong, or there's like we can't do anything wrong. To like everything is wrong is just like this huge psyche breaking moment. I think for the American economy and vibe. Um, I don't know. I was in like whatever uh, in second grade during two thousand and one. But I definitely you can see it. You can see you can see like the nineteen ninety nine bubble math where it's like. Productivity growth for United for United States workers is growing ten percent a year. And, and then if, you if
0: we extrapolated that shit, oh my god! Yeah,
1: it's it's just like wait wait, United States is becoming a techno. Is like you could like United States is essentially uh, achieving the equivalence of AGI for workers, right? Like like they're just they're just getting more efficient. Each each worker with enough computers and network is is just like becoming the AGI worker, and everywhere else you can just just suck it, like. And so, and then, you know, obviously it didn't happen that way, and so there's just like that that whiplash in narrative and how that felt probably probably really hurts um and and like I could yeah, I don't know, it makes me sad, man, like I wish like like in and I wish we just maybe maybe what if we just use all the bandwidth right? what if what if uh what if Facebook was founded in two thousand two instead, right? like you know, like we could have oh found- uh, yeah, maybe maybe what if if we'd cut
0: rates like crazy and like had another bubble reappear?
1: Re- rebubble, like yeah. No, no, I don't
0: know. No 9/11 and all that.
1: Yeah, yeah, and just like, well, maybe, maybe not. Like, maybe it's like a little bit of a sober moment for like three years, and people are like, "Well, let's make some internet." And versus, like, after after like accounting fraud and like 9/11 and all this stuff, it's like,
0: well, so <laughs> wait, did, I thought Enron did like energy stuff. They did internet, yes, stuff?
1: trading. So, stuff. so okay, they did trading. So, so remember, you, anyone can buy and sell these networks. So they're like, yeah, we're Enron. We buy and sell trading con- uh, contracts for for energy. Uh, we're also going to do that for telecom, and so like um, uh, what, at one point in time, and this is, like Jim Chanos is like famous short is like um, I I, I want to read the number here just so I'm like very right because it's like very very funny to me. Um, Enron's revenue triples in 2000, uh, and 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 the telecom industry is imploding, and everyone's like, what? But yeah, revenues tripled year to date in July of 2001, and the entire in 2001. This is the the you know telecom spending is down twenty or thirty percent in two thousand. So like the entire industry has already blown up, and 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 Enron is like yeah we we tripled our revenue here today, and it's like dude no no you didn't. And so then that's when people started to ask questions. Like there's a really famous conference call. Jeffrey Skilling is like um like essentially shitting at like like there was like a there's a few pump, there's a lot of pumpers at the time. Uh, Grubman is one of the most famous telecom pumpers, and he's like we think. Uh well thank you very much. We appreciate it, asshole. Like that's like on a public it's like on their earnings call. He like Can't calls like that. the pumper an asshole. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and um, you know, six months later Skilling Skilling resigned. So there's just like uh it, it was pretty I mean it's it was pretty crazy, but like at the time, dude, Enron was like a hunt like Enron was one of the biggest companies in the world. So with so is WorldCom. These are like some of the biggest companies in the world. Um like I want suck. Yeah, well, now there's well, they, now they're there no. were $60 billion. There was $60 billion market cap in like in 2000. All right, well, 60 billion. And so, anyway, sorry, sorry, yeah. sorry. That's a right. uh, yeah, we're good. We're Any good. other thoughts, Dylan? Oh, right, anything uh, else you want to say?
0: Uh, closing thought for me is uh, John is still working a job, and so he needs to have people sign up to his Patreon because he should be full-time YouTuber slash content creator, but he's not. So, you know, that's that's all I, I ask is, is go to patreon.com slash Asianometry. You it's should sign your out. mom
1: up. You should sign your sister up. You should sign your dad up. You should sign your dog up. Anyone could be a Patreon of all John's. Right.
0: And you, yeah, and yeah. also
1: John should also have a higher Patreon piece. We have been asking he, for this. Could
0: also, tell people the truth on his YouTube videos instead of just saying, hey, like, if you want to buy me a coffee, give me, go to Patreon. Like, no, tell them the truth that you are working a full time job and your dream is to become a YouTuber. Oh
1: my gosh. All right. Then. Yeah. We're, 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 just so you know, that is the outro every single time until something <laughs> changes. Until,
0: until you something say
1: something changes. on a video, right? Yeah. And until you say, until something changes, that's the outro every single time. All right. Thanks for coming to Transistor Radio. And um, yeah, have a good day. We'll see you guys maybe next (laughs) week or next, next week. Yeah. This is John from Asianometry.
0: This is Dylan from Semi Analysis.
1: And this is Doug from Fabricated Knowledge. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll talk to you soon.